Hey, we're going to uh, jump into what we're talking about uh, today. We've been in a series of messages the last few weeks called I Am, and, and uh, the, we're focusing on several times in, in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, where Jesus said, I am. He was talking about himself, and he would say, I am, and then he would follow that up with whatever he was saying he was. And, and we've talked about how he said he was not of this world, and that he was the bread of life, and, and, and he was the light of the world. And so we've talked about those things, and we're going to continue to talk about that today. And, and, uh, and today, we're, we're talking about something, Jesus, what he said in what we're talking about today is something that is very important to us. And I, I'll, I can tell you why I know it's important, is because There are companies that spend millions of dollars every year advertising what this is talking about. We, if if you watch any TV at all, you will see that that AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, all of these, Charter Cable, they all are spending millions of dollars to let you know that they can do the best job at keeping you connected. We are a society that that wants to always constantly be connected. That's going to be one of the interesting things when Ben and Libby go on their travels. They're going to be, they, they, they probably haven't even thought about how different that's going to be yet, but we live in a society where we're always connected and they're going to be disconnected. There's going to be times where they can't call, where they can't, uh, you don't have electricity, they, they don't have any of that stuff. And we think it's important to always be connected. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm, I realize now that I'm getting to the point that every place I walk into, the public place, restaurant, store, if they don't have Wi-Fi, I think that they're terrible now. I, I, I didn't used to be like this. But now that I've got this smartphone, you know, I walk in and I'm like, are you kidding me? Gene's Dairy Bar doesn't have free Wi-Fi, you know, whatever. And I don't know, maybe they do. I haven't been down there lately. But, but you know, you just think about, we, we expect to always be connected. Well, the, the verse of Scripture that we're going to look at today, the I Am statement Jesus made, is all about connection. It's all about staying connected. And it's John 15, 5. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, look up on the screen. John is the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, we call those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those books the Gospels. And the reason we call them that is because they tell the story of Jesus they tell the story about his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and the fact that he's going to come back one day. And, and we call those the Gospels because gospel means good news. And we believe that that's the best possible news that there is, that Jesus was real, that he lived, that he died, and that he did that for us and that he came back to life. And so it's in the Gospel of John, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 5. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And what Jesus is doing here is he, he, he's done what he does a lot in Scripture. He's, he's painting like a word picture. And because we obviously know Jesus was not literally a vine. He was not vegetation. He was, he was human like us. He, his body worked the same way our body works. And so when he says he was the vine, he's painting a picture. He's painting a word picture here. And, and he's using the term vine and branches because that was something that was very familiar to the people he was talking to, vineyards. Uh, wine was the main thing people back then drank. They didn't drink sweet tea. They didn't drink a lot of water because sometimes it was, it was dirty and it would cause them to have problems, but they would drink wine. And some of you are like, man, I should have been living back then 
in because I love to drink me some wine. I know some of y'all are thinking that right now. And so, and so that's what they drank all the time. And so when Jesus used this example, he's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. This is something all those people right there, they understood because they all, most of them probably had a small type of vineyard that they either tended to or that was, that was theirs or they had a vineyard around that they knew and they knew what that looked like. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know much about vineyards. I've never really been to a vineyard or never, certainly never tried to keep one, and most of you probably haven't either. But there's something that a lot of you do know about and that I know a little bit about and uh, that, that can kind of paint this picture for us, and it, I got a picture of it right here. Now, what are those? If you, if those of you that, that are getting ready to plant these, what are those right there? Tomato plants. All right, tomato plants. That's exactly what those are. And and, and we, we're familiar with that, and in fact, it's about to be the time of year where you're going to till some ground up in your backyard, and you're going to plant some of these. Now, if you look at these pictures here, it, it's obvious that, that, we, that we can make the same picture that Jesus painted. Jesus said he was the vine. Now, the vine part of the tomato plant is that big, thick part that's coming up through the, through the, through the whole middle there. And you might call that the stalk or whatever. If it was a tree, you would call it the trunk. But it's the vine. That's, that's the part right there. And then those things that are shooting off from the side, what are those? Those are branches. And so Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And so that, that kind of gives us an idea of, of what the picture he was painting. And let me ask you a question. When you plant tomato plants in a couple of weeks, what are you hoping will happen? What are you hoping to get? Yes, it's not a trick question. Tomatoes. You're, you're not plant. I don't know anybody that plants tomato plants to say, you know, I was just looking for something kind of decorative around the front yard, so I planted tomato plants. No, you plant tomato plants because you want those things to produce tomatoes. You want to eat tomato sandwiches in the summertime. You want my wife, I want Sherry to make me tomato pie, which is so good. Maybe you're going to make homemade salsa. But whatever it is, you, you want those things to produce tomatoes. Well, when, when Jesus paints this picture, he says, the very first statement he says is, I am the vine. And, and unlike some of these other I am statements, he immediately follows it up with, he says, I am this and you are the branches. And the first thing I want to focus on is who we are and what we're supposed to do. See, our purpose is to bear fruit. Our purpose is to bear fruit. Jesus said he's the vine. He's the middle part of that plant that goes up. We're the branches. We're the stuff sticking off the end. And a branch, the purpose of a branch is to produce fruit. On a tomato plant, the purpose of that branch is to produce a tomato. And so what Jesus says to us is, is that we have a purpose in life and our purpose is to bear fruit. He makes a statement about who we are in relation to who he is. He's the vine and in relation to him, we are connected to him and we are supposed to bear fruit. It's what we've been designed for. It's what the branch of the tomato plant is designed for. In fact, there's no reason really for the branch of a tomato plant to exist other than bear fruit. And, and maybe you've experienced this. I know last year I was looking and I had my tomato plants out there and this has gotten to be summertime and then, you know, those suckers were taller than me and I was out there and, and they, they were bearing fruit up here at the top and some of the bottom branches that had already, already produced fruit, they were starting to get where they were rotten and I could just break them off because guess what? They were done producing fruit and they were of no use to the plant anymore. And our job, our purpose in this life is to produce fruit. It's, it's, to, it's, to, it's to, to produce fruit that, that, that glorifies God. Now you're saying, all right, what, is, what does that mean? Well, see, here, here's the, the problem that we have. We forget what our purpose is. 
we forget that our purpose is not about us. We forget that our purpose is really to, to produce fruit that, that is glorifies God, that helps other people. What we begin to think is, we begin to think, well, this life's about me getting all that I can get or, or, or about me being as happy as I can be or, or, or me experiencing all this stuff that I can experience, and that's not what it's about. That's why we have so many of the problems we have. That's why we have marriages that, that fall apart so quick because you get into it and all of a sudden you realize, eh, this ain't what I thought it was going to be and I'm not very happy anymore, so I've got to figure out a way to get out of this because life's all about my happiness. That's why we end up buying a bunch of stuff we don't need and we can't pay for. Why? Because, ooh, that's shiny. I like the look of it. And my neighbor got one. I'm going to get one twice as big and twice as fast. And so we get that and then all of a sudden we've got it and we've got these problems. Because why? We've forgotten what our purpose is. Our purpose is not to collect stuff. Our purpose is not to try to, to live the happiest life. Our purpose is not to try to be the richest guy on the block. Our purpose is to bear fruit. It's to produce. See, see, we have a consumer mindset. We live in a nation, man, we are a nation of consumers. Everything that almost that you use today was made somewhere else. Do you realize that? Because as a nation, we don't even produce anything anymore, and we live like that. We live in a way where we just are consuming. Give me more. I'm going to eat some of that. If you're going to eat that, I'm going to eat five of that. If you're going to drink that, give me a six-pack. You know, and so it's like we're going to want to consume and consume and consume. But what God has put us on this earth for is not to consume but to produce. It's to be a producer. It's, it's, it's to produce fruit. And when that happens, then God will get the glory. Look at John 15, 8. After he says that he's the vine and we're the branches, he says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, not just a little bit, but much, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I'm talking in this fruit language and plant language. You're thinking, Cliff, what does that even mean? See, here's, here's the thing about bearing fruit. We don't all bear the same fruit. In other words, the stuff that you're supposed to accomplish for the kingdom of God is different than what I'm supposed to accomplish for the kingdom of God. A couple weeks ago, or maybe longer than that, three or four weeks ago, I guess, we had Bill Howard here, and Bill Howard spoke. Bill, is, is a, he, he started an orphanage in Haiti called Alex's House. And if you weren't here, if you missed that, I want to encourage you to go on our website and find the podcast and listen to what Bill shared. Because God called him to leave his pastor job that was great, that he was doing well, and, and all that stuff, and to leave and to go to Haiti and start an orphanage. And we are supporting that, that ministry now. Our church is supporting that orphanage. Now, do you think that Bill Howard is bearing fruit, that he's producing fruit in his life for God? Do you think that? Say it out loud, yes or no. All right. Does that mean then that all of us are supposed to move to Haiti and start orphanages? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe you're a, uh, maybe you're a teacher, and, and you teach in, at this high school or another high school or an elementary middle school around, around here, you realize that, that you have a, an opportunity every day to go to a mission field. And, and your job there is to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. You are influencing children, influencing teenagers, and that is the fruit that you're producing. Now, does that mean all of us are supposed to quit our jobs and go back and get a teaching certificate? No, probably not. We all have different fruit we're supposed to produce. And yours are going to look different than mine. 
And, and, and the problem comes in if we start to think, well, I've got to do what that other person's doing. Or, or Cliff gets up here and, and he speaks every week. And, and I think that might be producing fruit in somebody's life. So I need to do that. And, and you try to do that and you don't have a gift for it and nobody's going to want to listen to you. Or if you say, come up to Chris, hey, Chris, I really feel God calling me to sing in the band. And, God, and Chris puts you on the mic and, you know, glass starts shattering and dogs start howling, right? And you're like, hey, but I feel called to. No, you don't feel called to. You ate some bad roast beef or something and you just, you know, you're misreading the signs here. We're supposed to produce fruit, but it's not all the same. Maybe you're not called to be the guy on stage leading people in worship. Maybe your fruit is something else that I could never do or that Chris could never do. And we can't get too caught up into trying to produce somebody else's fruit. When you plant those tomato plants in your garden, no matter what you do to them, no matter how, to, how, much, how much you fertilize or water, they're not going to produce oranges. It's just not going to happen because that's not what they're supposed to do. But our purpose as a branch is to produce fruit, and God has fruit that he wants you to produce. Now, that's a, that's a simple idea, right, that... that that Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, we're supposed to produce fruit. And, and it's simple. And, and, and the simple idea is that if we, you know, if we don't stay connected, we won't produce fruit and all that. But, and, and, and it's so simple that imagine if, let's say I came to your garden and, and you had your tomato plants out there. And then over here, there was like a pile of, of branches that, that you had cut off. And I said to you, what's that? And you were to say to me, man, those now, those branches there, I'm expecting big things from them. That's going to be where I get my best tomatoes off of that pile of branches. Now, that's dumb, right? That's what that is. That's just dumb. And I would go home and tell my wife, he's dumb because he cut these branches off and he's expecting them to produce fruit. Why is that dumb? Because they're not connected to the plant. They're not going to produce fruit produce fruit if they're not connected. And, and, and that's what Jesus said. My purpose is for you to produce fruit. And the only way we can bear fruit is by staying connected to Jesus. The only way we can bear fruit is by staying connected to Jesus. That's what he's put you on earth here to do, to bear fruit. But if we go out and try to do it on our own without, without him, then, then we're going to meet failure after failure and frustration after frustration because we've got to stay connected. Jesus said, I am the vine. Now, the vine of a, of a tomato plant or any kind of plant, that's the pipeline. That's, that's, where, that's where the branches get the water that it needs. The, that's where the branches get the nutrients that it needs. It comes from the vine. If it's not connected, it doesn't get what it needs. It doesn't get the nutrients or the water. And so Jesus said, I am the vine, and my purpose for you is not only to bear fruit, but he says to bear much fruit. And see, the idea is when he says, if you remain in me, that, that remain, that, that some, some translations say, say the word abide in me. And the word remain or abide there means a constant dependence on Jesus. That we never get to the point to where it's like, okay, I got it under control now, Jesus. I'm going to live the rest of my life and, and you're going to be back here. You know, we're, um, we, um, my wife and I have two daughters, and, and one of them is a senior in high school this year. And just this past weekend, yesterday and day before, we were you know, dealing with a lot of stuff about her going off to college. And she's going off to college in August and going to move 200 miles away. And I'm excited about that. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be really sad. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. But I'm excited about it right now. And, 
And, uh, and here, here's why I am. Because we've raised her to one day go out on her own. But that's not the way it works with Jesus. With Jesus, he doesn't raise us to be like, okay, now you're 18. Go get them, kid. You're on your own. No, it's a constant dependence on him. That we never leave the house. That we live with our daddy the rest of our life. And, and, and that's the way he wants it to be because then if we stay connected to him, we're going to be able to produce the fruit that he wants us to produce. Now, this, like I said a second ago, this, this whole idea seems pretty simple. Jesus is the vine. He's where we get our source of power to do the things we're supposed to do from. We're the branches, and our job is to produce fruit. And we can't do it if we're disconnected from him. Simple, right? Should be the easiest thing in the world to remember. But if you're like me, I get distracted. And I, and I, and I will disconnect myself because of those distractions. And I'll see something else and I'll spend a lot of time and energy and thought into that. And it's not the thing that Jesus wants me to put my thought and energy and time into. And, and pretty soon I'll find out that I'm not producing what I need to produce that there's no fruit coming out of my life, and it's because I have disconnected myself from him. Now, I'm going to give you the secret. This is a secret to staying connected. And if you've got your pens with you, I want you to write it down. If you don't have your pens, I want you to pull out your iPhone and open up the notes section, and I want you to type it in. If you don't have anything to do like that, I want you to just repeat these things to yourself in your mind so you don't forget them. Because this is the secret, and it's stuff that's going to blow your mind. It's so new. It's so cutting edge. It's just, you're going to hear it, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, Cliff, you are the wisest guy ever. I cannot believe I've never heard this before. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear the secret to staying connected to Jesus. I don't think you're ready. Are you ready? Because I'm telling you, it's going to be mind-blowing. Two things. One, pray. Two, read the Bible. Now, right now, there's two reactions in this room. The first reaction is if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not a Christian, and you're right now, what you're thinking to yourself is I can't do that. I don't know anything about praying. I don't know anything about reading the Bible. And I'm going to tell you in a minute how you can do that. Because it's, it's not as difficult as you think. The second reaction in here right now are from those of you that are followers of Jesus. And you're saying right now, come on Cliff, that's all you got? Pray and read the Bible? You think I didn't already know that? What is the matter with you? Here's the thing though. You might already know it. The question is, are you doing it? Because I, I, wish I, could, I wish I had another answer for you. I really do. I wish there was another answer to, to staying connected to Jesus other than prayer and reading the Bible. I've looked for it. Man, I've looked in the Bible for it. I've asked people about it. Isn't there some other way? Isn't there some easier, more exciting you know, way, that kind of a thing that can really get fired up about? You mean it's just about me being by myself and praying to Jesus and me being by myself and open up the Bible and read it? That's the way to stay connected. And, and so we, we start looking at all that stuff and we want something more exciting because if I'm like you, and maybe you're not like this, but I think you probably are. I like shortcuts. You know, I like... 
I like the uh, I like the express lane at Walmart instead of the regular lane. I like putting stuff in the microwave instead of putting it in the oven. I like texting instead of talking. I like getting stuff done and moving on to the next thing so that you can you know maybe watch a ball game later on. That's what I like. I like to do it quickly and get it get it moving. But there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut to staying connected to Jesus. You've got you to spend time talking to him, and you've got to spend time reading his word and figuring out what he wants you to be, what kind of fruit he wants you to bear. See, our purpose is to bear fruit. The only way to bear fruit is to stay connected. And the way you stay connected is by spending that personal time alone with him. Recently, I heard a guy talking that I friend of mine, and he said that there was a, a conference of church planters, guys that are going to do what Blake and Laura Beth are, are getting ready to go to do. We talked about that last week. They're going to Brooklyn to plant a church, and, and uh, there was a conference of thousands of these church planters, you know, had come together, and, um, and they had a, a pastor from Hawaii come in. His name's Wayne Cordero. He's written several books, really sharp guy, and they said, you know, we want you to so again, he's planted a church that's growing like crazy. Tell these church planters what they need to know. So they were, <coughs> excuse me, they were expecting like strategy for how to reach people and strategy for planting churches and all that stuff. And he stood up in front of them and he said, the most important thing I can tell you is that as church planters, every day you need to be praying and you need to be reading your Bible. That was the most important thing he could think about to tell them. Why? Because if they as church planters are supposed to produce fruit, which for them would be planting a church, the only way they can do that is stay connected to Jesus. And the best way to stay connected to Jesus is by praying and reading the Scripture. Now, I told you a while ago I was going to tell you how you can do this. And I, and I want to I give you two easy steps. And this is for everybody, whether you're a believer or not a believer in Jesus. And I, I do want you to write this down. I was kidding earlier about writing that other thing down. But I want you to write this down. Two things. This is, you can pray this prayer every day. And I want you to try this for a week. For one week, try this. Every day, I want you to pray this prayer. First thing when you wake up in the morning, that's cool. If you want to do it again, at, you can do it morning, noon, and night and be like Daniel, you know, in the Old Testament. Or you can do it first thing in the morning or do it every time you think about it, whatever. But pray this prayer. Just say, God, show me the fruit I should produce today. Show me the fruit I should produce today. Doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. And then wait and see what he shows you. Then the second, second step that I want to encourage you to take is this. Read one chapter every day this week of either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You choose the one you want to read. Start at Matthew 1 or John 1 or Luke 1, Mark 1. It doesn't matter. But one of the, read one chapter a day. Now, I know some of you are like, shoot, Cliff, one chapter a day? I read 10 a day. I'm very holy. Good for you. Awesome. I'm excited. But there are a lot of you in here that if you read one chapter a day from today till next Sunday, that'll be seven more chapters than you read last week. And so I just want to encourage you to read one chapter a day. Pray and say, God, show me the fruit you want me to produce today. Read one chapter, either of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And here's what I believe will happen. Now, I'm asking you to do this for a week. But what I'm hoping will happen is I'm hoping after a week, there's going to be some of you that say, man, I want to do that again next week. And then, and then you want to do it again the week after that. And then as the more you do that, the more you're going to know how to pray. And your prayer will be a little bit longer and maybe a little bit different than just 
show me the fruit I'm supposed to produce today. And maybe you'll begin to read some other parts of the Scripture other than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll begin to learn a little bit more about who Jesus wants you to be. And here's what I think will happen if we all begin to do that. Imagine if all of us do that. Everybody that's here, everybody who's not here today, but they listen to this on a podcast and they implement that in their life. And we have a whole church of people that do this. I think that we will, we will be a, a, a more energetic church. I think we'll be a more giving church. I know we'll be a more passionate church. And, and I think that we'll, we'll begin to walk in on Sunday mornings and there'll be no empty seats. That, that we'll, when we talk about building a building and paying for a building, that, that we won't even have to worry about the finances of that. I believe that we'll be able to plant more churches in, in places like Brooklyn and, and other places where we send people out to plant churches. I think we'll be able to help more orphanages, not just in Haiti, but in other places. But it all begins with each of us staying connected to the vine. And then from there, learning what is the fruit that God wants me to produce. Pray that prayer. Show me the fruit that I should produce today. And even if, you're not a, even if you're not a believer in Jesus, God's going to begin to speak to you. And he's going to talk to you about some things that need to change in your heart. And if you are a believer in Jesus, he's already talking to you. And as you pray that, you're going to begin to know what that is. And so this is what I want us to pray as we get ready to finish up here. I'm going to pray for, for us as a, as a group that each of us would take the steps we need to take this week to stay connected, that we wouldn't let anything get in the way and distract us. And then I'm going to pray that God would reveal himself to all of us, that we would see him very clearly this week. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, I want you, before you leave, don't forget to come up here and, and grab one of these prayer cards for Ben and Libby. Um, we're very excited about what God's going to do through them starting in July, and, um, and what he's got in store. Let's pray. Father God, we live in a world that um, seems like sometimes it's working its hardest to keep us from thinking about you and the things that you've taught us to do. And I pray, Lord, that as, uh, as we go through this next week, wherever we are, whether we're at work or school or wherever it happens to be, that we wouldn't allow any distraction or anything to keep us from being connected to you. I know that you've given each of us jobs that you want us to do and you've given us fruit that you want us to produce. And, and we need everybody to produce that fruit. And if we don't do that, then there's something that's missing in our church and in our community. So I pray for myself, God, that I would produce the fruit you want me to produce this week. And I pray for each of our folks sitting in here right now that can hear this, that they would produce the fruit that you want them to produce this week. And that we would give you the glory. Scripture says that if we do that, that it will be to your glory. And that we will produce much fruit. And so, Father, we look forward to the fact that you're going to get the credit. And that it's all going to be for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name.